Today's gospel reading, the lectionary passage for today, is the second half of the Matthew 2 story about the visit of the wise men to Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. I'm going to back it up a little bit, and I'm going to read you chapter 2 from the beginning through verses 23. Listen. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means among or no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, Bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Then they escaped to Egypt. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem 
who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they are no more. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judah in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there too. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. The word of the Lord. Well, as Peter already told you a lot of my sermon, I will just cut to the chase and tell you that these three wise men walk into a barn, and what do they find? They find this precious child. Now, these guys have been called magi, kings, and wise men, but who were they really? Well, they were most likely Herod's personal advisors, the king's advisors. Their responsibilities, including reading the stars and speaking a host of wisdom-seeking words and doing wisdom-seeking work. That's what wise men do. Some early church traditions say that there were actually 12 of them, okay? But we choose to honor three, not because it says there were three in the Bible, which it doesn't, but because they brought three gifts. That's how these three men supposedly appear. And in our nativity scenes, there are always three of them, and they always have the gifts to present to Jesus. Well, over time, people have researched and learned about these guys, and they've been come to be known as Melchior, Caspar, and Baltazar. So let's learn a little bit about these three guys, okay? All right. They've just finished their long journey. They've gone from where Herod was all the way to Bethlehem. And like Peter said, this trip was not instantaneous. Mary didn't have the baby. The star didn't appear. The wise men come just like that. It took time. They didn't have GPS. They couldn't put Bethlehem into their navigational systems. One of the myths that people say about them is that they came on what? They arrived on what? Camels, right? You see them with camels in nativity scenes. But indeed, that probably wasn't what they came on. It's a very common misconception, and movies always depict them with ca camels. But 
People in Northern Arabia typically rode Arabian horses. So at the time of Christ's birth, camels weren't used as pack animals, but wealthy travelers used the more comfortable and swift horses. So don't believe it when you see the camels in the nativity scene. Probably wasn't true. Okay? Now, Matthew never says that they followed a star. It's fine for the kids to think they followed a star. That's not a problem. But Matthew doesn't say that. He says they saw a star, which history teaches is the northern star. And they were astrologers. And this star was an astronomical sign they saw that signified that this prophecy about the Jewish king was going to come true. That doesn't actually mean that the star led them from Arabia to Jesus. So remember that. Okay? Now, it's unclear whether they were royalty or whether or not they were actually kings. You can throw out the We Three Kings picture completely. They probably had royal connections, though, and were trusted by King Herod. In other words, advisors. So as the story was passed down from generation to generation and canonized in our Bible, it became, you know, a little bit different than it probably was, okay? Another myth is that they came from Persia, India, and Africa. Well, this idea, again, was added later in tradition. They likely came from Arabia, not these other countries or diverse backgrounds. They were probably all from Arabia, okay? They came from the east, which based on the nature of their gifts and Old Testament prophecy, means they came from the ancient Arabian kingdom of Sheba. You've all heard of the Queen of Sheba, right? Arabia was known for its vast wealth from gold mines of Africa as well as the Boswellian and Comophora trees from which frankincense and myrrh are derived. Okay, so they had to come from a place where you can get these items. Of course, men from Persia could have brought these gifts, but they signify a giving of the best possible commodities from their own country to a neighboring king. Let's talk about these gifts for a few minutes. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They're primarily very significant, and the most important thing about them is that they were very valuable, which establishes their suitability for a king like Jesus. They didn't bring him like, you know, a little Pez dispenser. He got really expensive, valuable gifts, okay? Matthew 2.11 tells us these gifts were great treasures given as worship, but they may have even greater significance. Gold was indeed associated with royalty, but it may also foreshadow Jesus' whole entire purpose. In 1 Kings, the walls of the most highly placed and the altar are overlaid with gold. Frankincense was part of ceremonial worship of a deity, so this gift underscores their belief that this newborn king 
carried a claim of being a deity. It underscores their belief that this was a king. Okay? Myrrh, as you know, was used as a perfume or an anointing oil, kind of like a medicinal tonic, and as a key ingredient in the mixture is spices used to prepare bodies for burial. Perhaps this gift indicated Jesus' humanity and the manner in which, which he would save his people, that he would die for them. And of course, there's also a myth that this very myrrh was taken and kept this whole time as Jesus is growing up, and that this very myrrh was used to anoint his own body by Mary, whoever that Mary is that did that anointing in the Bible. So beyond making it clear that these are great treasures given as worship, Scripture doesn't directly attach any other symbolic meaning to the gifts. However, it's pretty apparent that they were very significant. So then the question needs to be answered, what did Mary and Joseph do with the gifts? Well, Isaiah 60 describes the wealth of the nations coming to God's people through Christ. Mary and Joseph saw a glimpse of this when they received those gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And in this case, that wealth was likely used to help the family escape to another nation. So they probably used the gold in a practical way. They went and got money to go and leave and escape to Egypt. Okay? Matthew tells us that soon as the men departed, an angel came to warn Joseph of Herod's rage, and Joseph was instructed to take refuge in Egypt, a journey of over 100 miles, and for a family of very humble means, like Joseph and Mary, a trip of this magnitude would have been difficult to pull off financially. Though we don't have a record of such, it's reasonable to think that the valuable gifts received from the wise men may have financed their flight to Egypt. But with no hint of the backstory, Matthew simply introduces us to the travelers with the words, Behold, wise men came to Jerusalem. Now, you know something about them. You know where they came from, how they got there, how long it took, and what they brought. So my question for each of you this morning is, what gifts are you bringing this day to give to Jesus as your Christmas gift to him? It doesn't necessarily have to be something unbelievably expensive and precious like gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It could be something small. It could be more prayer time. It could be participating in the Exodus book study that's coming up. It could be making a commitment to be in church every Sunday, whether you're here in person or online, it doesn't matter. You could do something for Jesus as your gift this Christmas to thank him 
for coming into the world to save you. Please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for these wise men, for their courage to travel such distance. They didn't know what they were going to find. And on a leap of faith, they set out on their journey. And we are on a similar journey, Lord, bringing our gifts to you. Accept them. Help us use our gifts to help others in the world. We pray all these things during this Christmas season to Jesus Christ our Lord, whose table we now come to share.